Hey, hey! Welcome to episode 89 of the Authors Read Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is N.L. Holmes, and she'll read from her book, Lake of Flowers, The Lord Hani Mysteries. This is a reading from the beginning of Lake of Flowers, the fifth book in the Lord Hani Mysteries, a series set in Akhenaten's Egypt that combines cozy mystery, political intrigue, and family drama. Hani would forever remember what he was doing the day he learned of the co-regent's death. He and his father, Mary Ra, were strolling in the garden before dinner on their leisurely way to the garden pavilion, where they would eat on warm summer evenings. As if they were synchronized everywhere on earth, the cicadas roared in rhythmic waves, and the late afternoon sun was a golden liquid dripping through the leaves of the big sycamore fig and spattering the gravel of the path. Hani breathed deeply of the shady air. Despite all the troubles in the world around him, he couldn't help but believe that life was good. Jasmine and lilies were in bloom, as well as earthy aromatics and white daisies. The air was syrupy with their perfume, as if scent had mass. Could a man ask for more? Look, father, Honey said with a smile. He pointed to where Kennet, his pet heron, stood on one leg in the shallows of the pool, as still as a statue, her gray color making her almost invisible among the reeds that swayed there, a whisper of feathers, a deadly shadow of bird. All at once, her long neck unfurled and her dagger-sharp beak plunged into the water. A moment later, she stood with a twisting silver fish in her bill, which almost immediately disappeared down her throat. She's ruthless. Mary Ra chuckled, his belly bouncing. I've found that to be true of females generally, son. Haven't you ever noticed that with all the devious ladies you've had to serve over the years? Hani joined him in his laughter. You have a point. Certainly the royal women are a cutthroat bunch. But he added with a twinkle in his eye, of course, our women are very different. I should think, said Nubnefer from behind him. She emerged from among the bushes, a tray in her hands, upon which were arranged a variety of cheeses and pickled vegetables and bread cut into chunks. However, our men tend to get hungry before a meal. Hani's wife set the tray down on a little folding table in the pavilion. I'll bring you some beer. The kitchen girls have had it cooling in the well. Dinner will be a while yet. Thank you, my dove. Hani stroked her coppery arm. As Nubnefer's name proclaimed, she was pure gold, his golden treasure. Even after 36 years of marriage, he felt she had perfections he had yet to plumb. The two men settled into their chairs on the porch of the pavilion and stretched out their legs. Mary Ra expelled a big breath with a whoosh. Hot! He folded his arms over his head to cool his armpits. That shouldn't surprise you, Father. It's almost time for the inundation. Without lowering his arms, Mary Ra scrubbed his close-cropped gray hair. I'm not surprised, but it's hot nonetheless. These are the Harryu Renpen, the intercalary days. The old year is fast coming to an end. What will the new one bring, do you suppose? Noob Nefer and one of the serving girls approached with the beer pot and its stand. Here you are, my hungry man. 
she called from the porch of the pavilion, her voice rich with affection. Suddenly, Hani heard wild footsteps hammering down the gravel path from the gate, and his youngest daughter, Nefret, burst into the open, red-faced and panting. Mama! Papa! Grandfather! Ankepru Ras Menkara is dead! Hani and Noob Nefer exchanged a stunned look. Hani struggled to swallow, wondering if he'd heard his daughter correctly. Co-regent, only in his twenties, has died? Mary Ra was the first to regroup. When, my girl? How? The plague, grandfather. It just took him off like that. She snapped her fingers. It hasn't even been made public yet. Neferet, a physician of the ladies attached to Aunt Keperu's court in Wasset, would have been one of the first to know about this turn of events. That's what happens when the king doesn't perform the appeasement of Sekhmet ritual, Mary Ra said in a dire tone. She gets mad. Today's the birthday of Sutesh, Hani murmured, a day of ill omen. They all got to their knees and scraped up dust to strew on their heads in a gesture of mourning. Hani climbed heavily to his feet, sweat beginning to spring on his forehead. This is the first brick falling out of the edifice King Neferkepru-Ra has built. Now what will happen? The building is starting to crumble. Noob Nefer's face lit up with hope. She fastened huge glowing eyes on her husband, and Hani knew she was thinking the same thing, but with a more unambiguous joy. Hani stared around him, the tableau of his family fixing itself in his memory. This wasn't just an occasion to tie on the white headband of mourning and participate in the lavish funeral rites of a king. Something significant had shifted, far more significant than the young deceased himself, who had been none too bright and was undoubtedly under the sway of others, probably his brother or his wife. The likelihood of civil war breaking out when the present king died had just grown immeasurably greater. Everyone stood there without moving, until Nefret, unable to remain silent any longer, said, Can I stay for dinner? Hani finally returned to the world around him. He laid a paternal hand on the girl's shoulder. Of course, my duckling. Where's Benarib? Nefret's fellow sunet and friend was always to be found trailing after her. She's staying late tonight. One of the queen's handmaids is sick. No doubt seeing her family's horrified expressions, she hasted to add, but it's not plague. The poor handmaid just had a stillborn baby, and things aren't looking too good. Come, my love. Noob Nefer took her daughter by the elbow. Help me bring out the food. She caught Hani's eye, and he could see her ill-dissembled joy, the ember beneath the ash that threatened to leap into flame. Hani watched his wife and daughter as they set off through the garden for the house, Noob Nefer, almost as trim and lovely as she'd ever been, at an age when many women would have sunk into the evening of their beauty. Behind her, Neferet nearly skipped. She was grown, but so full of energy she was unable to walk sedately. Hani's heart warmed with love, as always, when he thought of his little duckling. In appearance, Neferet was a female version of her father, square-jawed and stocky with small brown eyes and the same winsome gap between her front teeth. But whatever she lacked in beauty, she more than made up in personality, the irrepressible girl. Hani saw less of his daughter than he might wish, even though she lived in Wasset, 
assigned to the co-regent's court. She'd married Hani's friend and superior, Lord Thomas, and resided with Benner Ibb in her husband's magnificent villa, while Thomas himself was all but banished to far-off Azati, a victim of the king's antipathy. Hani declined to think about the strange arrangement of convenience that defined that marriage. He turned to his father. What will happen now, I wonder? Mary Ra said with a twinkle of false innocence in his eye. I suspect we'll eat dinner. I met with the kingdom, Reverend Father. Hani pretended to punch Mary Ra in the arm. Aunt Kepru Ra was supposed to outlive the king and provide a transition to the reign of the little prince. Maybe make him co-regent with himself for a while when the boy was older. Who's left except the great queen now? And that seemed to be something the king was trying to avoid. Two servants arrived, bearing between them the couch of Hani's eldest daughter, Bakhet Iset. Paralyzed after a terrible fall from a boat when she was only fifteen, she'd remained strong-souled and cheerful. Hani's nose twinged every time he thought about her, his swan, who was all the more precious after her brush with death the previous year. Papa, Grandpapa, wait till you see what Mama had the cook make. Bakhet Iset turned her sunshine smile upon the two men as the servant set her down. Hani drew down the reed mat that shaded one end of the pavilion from the long rays of afternoon and resumed his seat. I can't wait. He cleared his throat and asked in a lower voice, leaning towards his daughter. Did Nefret tell you what has happened? About the co-regent? Yes, I'm very sorry for him. He was so young. I guess we'll have to trot out the white scarves again, Mary Ross said, without much sorrow. He popped a slice of pickled turnip into his mouth and leaned toward his beer straw. Noob Nefer and Neferit soon emerged from the house, leading a procession of servants who arranged the dishes on small tables in front of the assembled family seats. All talk ceased as they tucked into the delicious fish baked on fennel leaves. Lady Marriott Amon told me to tell you she wants to see you after the funeral, Papa, Nefret said into the silence, her mouth half full. Mary Ross shot his son an uneasy glance. Hani stopped chewing, frozen in his tracks. He hoped this was nothing serious. The last time the younger great royal wife had called him in was to find out the real mother of the Haru in the nest. He was aware that the younger queen harbored designs on the throne after her father's death. Do you know why, little duckling? Hani finally asked. I have no idea, Papa. Her eyes shifted guiltily, and Hani suspected she did indeed know. The family settled back to their meal, Hani careful not to let his uneasiness show. They had made their way through the quails and grilled endive, and were starting in on figs when there was a loud, breathless exchange of voices coming from the gate. A moment later, Hani's son-in-law and secretary, Maya, came pounding down the path on his short legs, crying, My lord! My lord! The co-regent has died! He mounted the porch, his face flushed with excitement. I know, son. Hani motioned to a stool, and Maya hoiked himself up onto it. I already told them, Neferet informed him smug. A flash of annoyance flittered across Maya's face, but he said handsomely, 
Of course you would have, my girl. You work in the palace, don't you? I just found out at the barracks. What else were they saying, my boy? Honey said, trying to soften the blow. Maya liked to be indispensable. They're saying that the king isn't long for this world either. I told them that a long time ago, said Nefret, not easily put into the shade, and that there will be a civil war between Lord I's party, that is, Lady Nefertiti and the crown prince, and her daughter's party, which wants to return the country to the old ways. Hani and his wife locked eyes. A smile of carnivorous delight spread across Nubnefer's face. May the hidden one bless the girl. She stood firm through all the indoctrination of her childhood. The end of this awful nightmare may be in sight, Hani told himself, hardly daring to hope, but I fear it won't come bloodlessly. Today is a day of bad omen indeed. I'd like to thank NL for sharing her book with us today, and thank you for listening to the Authors Read Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read Podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!